tell you about the east side. Pavement is frigid, this ain't Antigua. Keep your long johns and your Timberland, get your fleece right. Niggas rapping street sign. Plus, it ain't no respect for a peace sign. Niggas swiping pockets like credit card, you get declined. You don't know I take you for a rewind. On this side of Maine, we all black. Is it by design? You know how we might Yo, Frank, I'm gonna have Rockwest Blues, aka KP here, coming to you with TTS. Another special episode. We got our own little East Side boy over here. Introduce yourself. What's going on, man? It's Jay Skis, the separation, enjoy Miz, enjoy highs, revolver ocelot, everything for weeds, falls up. Basically, the, the English dictionary speaking. You already know. Lyrically inclined. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's dive right into this episode. Uh, this podcast is designed to shed light and inspiration to uh, for those that that may be struggling and speak about people's life stories that have had a success. Where that's and, fire. You know that way it sheds light and you know can lighten that candle that somebody might need. Yeah. So growing up on the east side of Buffalo, what was it like as a kid? Man, uh, I mean, I grew up on Andover and Bailey. Um, that's like a legendary corner in the city. You know what I'm saying? That's where you got Avenue Pizza. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, the traffic on that corner is always crazy. Um, you know, growing up over there, it looked different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, thinking about it back then, you know, there's a lot more trees over there and stuff like that. You know, the October storm came through, knocked down all the trees. Everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, back in 06. But, uh, man, just growing up, like, you know, it was it was crazy over there. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, it was a lot of... Uh, just a lot of a lot of young young black males over there, you know what I'm saying? Everybody always getting into trouble, everybody always running around, you know, selling their weed or selling selling their little crack, whatever, you know what I'm saying, running around just trying to get money. Um, everybody wanted to be fly, everybody just wanted to, you know, play basketball, play football, or you wanted to rap, you know what I'm saying? That was like primarily what boys was on over there. Um and everybody just wanted to have a name over there, you know what I'm saying? Um but, you know, it, it was cool, man. Like, you know, at the same time, it wasn't all bad all the time either, though. You know what I mean? Like, we was always just, you know, into into playing sports, into talking about music. Um, you know, in the summertime, fireworks, you know what I'm saying? Running around with BB guns and squirt mm-hmm. guns and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would say I had a, I had a fair, uh, or I should say a good mix of, you know, I guess the the pros and cons that you see in any hood, you know what I'm saying, throughout the U.S., you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So the first 10 years of your life, what were some of the positive role models that you recall back then that you that you could look up to and be like, okay, this, this, this person stands for something good, you know what I mean? And it really caught your eye. In the first 10 years? Um, I would say my mother for sure. Mm. Um, my mom has always been like, for me, like a symbol of, um, you know, stability, you know what I'm saying? And and having a willing or a want to have stability in her life, you know what I'm saying? And that's something that I've always like wanted in my life. So she was Um, a devoted mother. Yeah. 100% man. Like, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mom. Cause I didn't have my dad after I was, after I turned, you know, I was going on 11, um, when my dad passed away. So, um, I would definitely say my mother, and um, I had a principal. Um, his name was Mr. Romanowitz. Um, and he was my principal back uh, when I went to Campus North. Um, I went there kindergarten through uh, the beginning of fifth grade. Uh, but he was like a huge role model for me. Um, just because like he, he was the principal of the school. He was real cool. Um, and he rocked with me because it was like every marking period, I was always on the honor roll. Mm. So we would go out to uh, the Pancake House on Main Street. You know what I'm saying? So you would get, you know what I mean, when you get your report card in, it was always like two kids. They would get, you know what I'm saying? They would, they were able to go. Yeah, you would be okay. able to go during school hours or whatever, go out to the Pancake House, and you would get these silver dollar pancakes. And uh, I was always on that list, like, every single month. So that was, like, my man. Like, he rocked me heavy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so Mr. Romanowitz, he was another one for sure. But those are, like, really the only two that I can really, you know what I mean, think back to. And, like, you know, I had, like, these two people that were, like. I mean, that's pretty unique within itself because not too many people, you know, go back and reflect upon a teacher or a, pres- or a, a principal in that fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually they look at them as, you know, that's 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 the figure that we have to listen to. So mm-hmm. kind of rebel against it. But that's unique. Yeah. yeah, for sure. What was your uh, favorite subject in school? 
favorite subject, I think, in school, like in grade school. Yeah. Grade school, it was definitely um like literature. Okay. You know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, like before I started really rhyming, um, when I was like, you know, six, seven, eight years old, nine years old, I used to sit in front of the computer. We had like an old computer, you know what I'm saying? Where like you would use the floppy disk or the or the eight yeah, disk or whatever. Back in the day, stuff. yeah, back in the day, and I would sit there on Microsoft Word and I would write short stories. Like that was my. That's thing. the one with that thing on the top that slides right the disk. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the A joint, the A joint. But uh, yeah, I would I would sit there and I would write short stories, bro. Like that was like my thing, like. I remember I had one in particular. I remember I was sick one time. I might have been seven or eight years old. I was sick, at home sick, you know what I'm saying, from school. And I wrote a joint called The Virus. And how mm. like, I was writing about like how like the virus, you know, got into this kid and why the virus wanted to go through, you know what I'm saying, make all the kids sick and all that. It was crazy. That's crazy. That's deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's deep. Mm-hmm. That was my thing, though, like back in the day. Like I loved that shit. Is that the COVID virus? I, I hope not. No, I hope I, I hope I didn't speak that into existence. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they what I'm say saying? that about a lot of movies too. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For that's, sure. that's that's different. Mm-hmm. You still got that? Nah, I don't have it anymore, man. That's on like an old computer somewhere. It might be up in my mom's attic. Like my mom holds on to so much stuff, so it might be up there in the attic somewhere. But I don't really know. That'd be crazy to dust off and pull out. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd be real crazy. Then add a little right. touch to 2023. Well, COVID time. You know what I mean? Nah, for real. That'd yeah, be unique. Man. Hell yeah. So when did you really start diving into the dictionary and like deciphering words and, and really find a love and a passion for those? Um, I mean, I would say it would it would have been around that time, like being like seven, eight years old. But then when I when I found out or put it together that I could really rhyme words, um, I think from like that age, like for real, like I, I just wanted to always use words that I had never heard before because I always felt like that was what kept like music fresh. You know what I'm saying? By using, like, diction that, you know, you like you haven't heard before. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you get so many rappers that, you know, you hear the same things over and over. Like, you hear the the rhyme bottles and models so many times in so many songs. And it's like, bro, you couldn't think of nothing else to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, it's just kind of be like, let me find another way to say the same thing that everybody else is saying just with a different word. And I've been like that forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always, that's something that I strive to do for a long time. I mean, it's evident, you know what I mean? Your lyrics and your and your music is just, it's it's one of a kind, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, word. It's very Thank unique. You. It's it's very understandable, you know what I mean? You get down to the points on pretty much every single song. Like, it's just, it's just, it's different. It's yeah. different, you know? It's a different hip-hop. It's diff- Your bop is different, bro. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Know? you. So, like I said, you're, you're, you're affiliated with the drum works. And, you know, let's speed things up. So, let's go from 10 to 20. Yeah. What was that time like? Um, so like 10 to 20, I mean, I still was living like, you know what I mean? On the East side, um, up until I was 19 or 18. Um, and we had moved over on, uh, I got a spot with like a couple of my homies, but you know, prior to that, I still was living on Andover. Um, you know, obviously in high school, um, once I hit, you know, 13, 14, um, and around that time, like being like 13, 14, like 15, I was really getting into a lot of trouble. I was I was getting into a lot of shit just off the strength, like, uh, the people that I was around and just really just trying to be somebody that I wasn't for real. Like, you know what I mean? Because by that time, like I said, my dad had passed away when I was 10. And so I was, like, being kind of rebellious at that time. Like, just always outside and, you know what I'm saying, running around on the corners. I was hanging with some people, like, that would, just was doing some old other shit, like, all the time, just was on some bullshit. Like, I was running around getting jumped or jumping somebody or fighting this person or whatever, like, you know what I mean, at house parties and shit like that, you know what I mean? But that never was me. Like, I always was just more so like a, I was always a good kid, you know what I'm saying? So you was acting out. I was acting out, bro. Like, it was one time, I was 13, bro, and my man who lived around the corner from me, I'll never forget this shit, bro. My mom won't, won't ever let me forget this shit. So... He was going to North Carolina to go pick up his little brother, him and his dad. And I was on some shit like this was right at the beginning of the summer. Like, I think school had just ended. And um, I was on some shit like just kicking it with him. He was like, yeah, we're going down there. We're coming right back. I'm like, shit, how long y'all going to be going? He like, shit, we're going to be going for like two days. I'm like, shit, I could go? He like, shit, let me ask my dad. Ask his dad. He said it was cool. 
And he was like, shit, all right, cool. Well, yo, if I could go, I'm about to go pack my stuff. I'm going to roll with y'all. All right, cool. So I get in the car or get in the van. He had a van. It was a Chevy van. I get in the van or whatever. And his dad is like, yo, did you ask your mom if you could roll? Hmm. And me, I'm lying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So at the it's time, I had, like a, I had like a Virgin Mobile like prepaid phone. So, you know, we, we spin. You know what I'm saying? We go all the way down. I drive all the way to North Carolina, pick up his little brother. Now, the whole time, mind you, I know I'm dead wrong, but I don't want to call Mama my Deuce. mom. You know what I'm saying? Because I know when I call her, she going she gonna, to like, she she gonna gonna kill spaz. me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She going to spaz. So I'm like, man, whatever. So we ended up staying like a day. So we was gone for like an extra day. I didn't call my mom until we was on the way back, which was two days later. Mm. We left in like the afternoon. Called my mom. And I had minutes on my phone, all that. But... I just was on some bullshit. Like, that you know Amber Alert didn't get flagged, did it? Nah, I didn't. Sheesh. Thank God. You know what I'm saying? But so I ended up calling my mom, yo. Yo, she let me have it, yo. And she knew I had minutes on my phone. But she was like, yo, like, why would you leave without telling me? And I didn't even have no reason for it. It just, I was She would have let you do it, probably. Yeah, though. she would have let me rock. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I just, I was just on some bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what I was doing or what I was thinking. I was just I was just outside. You, you was in I mean? that state of it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for Listen, for real, at that oh, point, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Live life. Um, but nah, and then, you know, at that point, like, I started really putting words together for real. Um, I was probably 12 years old, 11, 12 years old. I used to uh, be with this guy across the street, man. It was like my dude right there. Like, we was the same age. You know what I'm saying? I used to just always run with this dude, man. My man Scoop and his cousin, uh, Ron P., I would always run with these dudes, and um, they always wanted to rhyme because their uncles rhyme, you know what I'm saying? And they wanted to get in the studio with their uncles, but they just wanted to get better and better so they could show them, like, yo, we, we need to be in the studio, too. And I used to just sit there, and I would listen to them rhyme, or I would beatbox. And then one day, it, should, it was like, yo, go to the crib, go write some rhymes or whatever. So I went home, wrote some rhymes, came back the next day, spit them rhymes, and they was, they was fucking with it, so... Mm. You know, from there, it was like, shit, we, we just going to put our group together. We going to, you know what I'm saying, do our thing. And um, around that time, like, my mom, um, you know, obviously, again, like, my dad was going. So, you know, once we um, got next to, you know, his uncles and shit like that, and, you know, they was talking about putting together, like, a little group, and they wanted to sign our group and everything and cut a demo. Like, my mom was real cool about that because she could have been like, nah, like, you know what I'm saying? Because used, we used to be in a studio. We would be there overnight type shit. Like, we would be asleep in, in, you know, the producer's basement. You know what I'm saying? He had a home studio over. It was, like, over off of Delavan. So it wasn't too far. But, like, we would be there all night. And that was how I really learned how to, like, write songs and um, how to really structure my bars and shit like that. Like, I learned a lot over there being there in the studio and shit like that. But... You know, it really was like my mom being like real cool and, you know, being open to the idea of me even really being like a musician or, you know, what I'm saying being a creative um, that really helped me be even in that position to learn so much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mama loves seeing the era of, you know, I mean, probably Tupac and Biggie and all that. You know what I mean? So yeah. know what it's like to, you know what I mean? To have you coming up there and giving you the acknowledgement. That's what it's pretty unique. Yeah, 100 percent, man. Um, So, yeah. And then, you know, from there. So we cut a demo. Um, we, we was called The Bucks. It was like me and a couple of my homies, man. Rest in peace, my man, Ox Money too. You know what I'm saying? He was part of the group. And uh, we cut a demo. And uh, we did like a few shows, like, you know what I'm saying? Here in the area, um, between here, we did shows in Rochester and uh, a few other places, man. We would travel and shit like that. And, you know, we was outside with it. And then the producer, um, he ended up, and, and engineer, he ended up like kind of up and moving to Atlanta with like his wife and his kids, you know what I'm saying? And he basically took all the music. Like it's still, mm. it's still songs that I haven't heard to this day. Like that's still probably on that man computer somewhere or on a CD somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And when he dipped, it was like, he took everything. You feel what I'm saying? Like all my music, I, I was working on for like a year and some change. And so like when that happened, it was kind of like, it was kind of, like it was real, like it was a, it was a, a low Hard point. Hard to accept it. Yeah, it was like damn, like all this shit that I worked on. And I'm a kid, so it's not like you know what I mean. I'm an adult, and like I know, like you know, there's other things that I can do to get back in the studio and do all that. Like I thought it was over. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, I was 13, I think, at the time when that happened. 
Yeah, because I was I was going on fourteen because I was going into high school, and uh, you know that shit happened, <clears throat> and uh, man, I just I just kept writing. You know what I'm saying? That was always my thing. I just kept writing. And I was, like, battling dudes and shit like that. Like, niggas knew I was nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the I mean, time. obviously, look at that. That's 13 years old. And that boy took your lyrics. So, yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Your punches is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It was crazy. But, uh, you know, I just kept writing. I was battling different dudes. And, you know, I was getting in the studio when I could. And then, so, I got, I got my man, Esco. I started, like, you know, hanging with him real tough, man. He had a cousin named uh, G.I. or Camouflage Monk. And we was probably 15, 16. And, uh, you know, we lived uptown. You know what I'm saying? And G.I. lived downtown, but he had a studio. And so, shit, Esco was like, shit, let's pull up on my cousin or whatever. We can go down there. Like, his his brother got some equipment or whatever. We can go record there. So we started going down there, just putting music together. You know what I'm saying? And. Uh, shout out to Monk, because he used to just always let us come through, and we would, you know what I'm saying, do our thing there, and, you know, we were just doing different, just different, you know, shows, and, you know, just putting music together, putting uh, mixtapes together, shit like that, you know what I'm saying, and that just, that was what really kept me going, because for a minute, I thought I wasn't, I, I thought it was over. Yeah, that's a big setback. Mm-hmm. That's a big setback, man. Yeah, because being that young, I mean, in that time, at that time, like, recording equipment wasn't what it is now where you they make it accessible for everybody. Like, at that time, that shit was crazy. Like, you go to Guitar Center, you're going to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Absolutely. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, you're not getting shit like how you get it now. So, you know, it was real, it was real, uh, I want to say demoralizing or, you know what I'm saying? It was uh, just like a, a huge setback um, when that shit happened. But that was what really kept me going and kept my drive going, you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's one of your key points to your success right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is 100%. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that boy's looking. You know what I mean? Is, is that guy still alive? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sure he's looking. He's still, yeah, he's still here, man. You know what I'm saying? That's, you haven't reached back out to you now? I talked to him um, a couple years ago, but I haven't I haven't heard from him, you know what I'm saying, since. Um, and it was like right before I signed. So this was like 2020. Um but I haven't heard from him. You was know that an saying? awkward encounter or was that? No, nah, it was cool. Like, it, it always still been love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't look at it, like, with no malice or anything like that. Or, mm. you know, I don't feel no type of way about it because, you know. You understand differently. Yeah, yeah. It's like, shit. At the time, he was, you know, he was doing what was best for his family. So, you know, I couldn't really knock it. I mean, it was way things that he could have probably went about differently in the situation. But, you know, I can't really knock it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And shit, it helped me get to where I am today. So now, I know you mentioned something about your your dad passing and everything and and whatnot. Did you guys have a close knit? Yeah, uh, we we were really close actually. Like me and my dad, um, you know, I got one sibling. I got one older sister. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, they were close as well. Um, but shit, it was us four. You know what I'm saying? Like me, and my sister, my mom, and my dad. And you know, they were married. They were, you know, what I'm saying he was always in the house and shit like that. So. Um, you know, we were, we were pretty close, man. Like even, you know, when my parents got divorced, like my dad would write me letters and he would call shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I would, he would send calling cards at the time. That's how old I am. Like we, we had calling cards, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, so I could make sure I could get them on the phone and shit like that. But yeah, like me and my dad, we was, we was real close. Like one of my, uh, one of my dreams when I was a kid was to, you know, when I got older, I wanted to put together, like, build a car with my dad. Like, that was my thing. Like, if I, I think if my dad was still alive, I would, I would not be in music, like, whatsoever. I would definitely work with my hands. Like, I would be like a mechanic, like a master mechanic. That would be my thing for sure. But, um, and my dad got me interested into cars. Like, my dad didn't even want me really to listen to music like that. Like, Hip hop, mm-hmm. like one of the last conversations I had on the phone with my dad, he was asking me like what type of music I was listening to, and he was like, "You're not listening to that hard shit, is you?" Da 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 da. Like my dad wasn't with that shit. Okay, so he was, he was, he was a father, father. He was- yeah, he was, he wasn't with that shit like whatsoever. So, you know, um, but no, nah, that was that was like that was my guy, man. You know what I mean? Like, I think I had a lot of experiences in my life where I was like disappointed with my dad, but. It still was like shit. That's my dad, so I can't be mad for real. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like any anybody else. Like you know, I'm sure, you know, we all have people in our family who you know they may let us down, but you you love them so much. It's like shit. It is what it is. See, it's crazy because even like myself, you know, what I mean, my dad, me and him, 
I never really cared for him until I was like about 16 years old. Mm. I didn't come to that understanding with myself. That's probably when I really started looking into myself and because I was that last kid too that just acted out because I didn't know myself. Like, yeah. it takes a, it takes a strong man to to admit that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, everybody can say, oh, I was just crazy. No, I, I didn't know myself. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I can relate to that, that you're dead, you know what I mean? Because up until about age 16, I had to accept it, you know? I had to love myself, and if I didn't love myself, how can I love the person that brought me into this world? Whether it was a mistake or whatever, you know what I mean? I'd yeah. still my dad. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? No, nah, that's a fact. That's a that's a good point you bring up, man, because, yeah, you can't love somebody else. It don't matter who it is if you don't love yourself because mm. you don't know how to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I had so much hate and anger built up inside me. Mm. I was just the last kid. Yeah. yeah last that's, kid. And, that's a know, fact. Want everybody to think I was tough, tough, you know, and mm-hmm. so acted out. But like I said, that's the thing of the past, and kids don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so when was it that you really realized that music, you made it? Um, like, I, like I wanted to do it. No, that you, you know, I mean, you, you've been putting music out since young. Yeah. When you really realized that you got an opportunity. Um, I think I really realized that. Probably right before I dropped my first mixtape. Um, so I would have been 19, 20 years old. Um, and I was, again, at the time, I was telling you a little earlier, like I was recording at the crib in my closet. And, um, you know, I just, I like, I was putting, I put out a few projects and shit like that, like with other people and, you know, just little stuff here and there um, that I was doing. But, you know, I finally put together like this this project, man, like this mixtape, and I was rapping off a bunch of industry beats, and I had a few original beats on there too, but um, you know, I was I was just like I was going crazy, man. At one point, I was like nineteen, twenty years old, and I put together the tape. It was called uh, Whack when the alcohol cash and kicks, and uh, man, the joint was just so crazy, man. Like, cause I made it at a crazy time in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like where. You know, I, I had an apartment with, like, three of my homies or whatever, and we was having parties every day, and it was just always, like, we was drinking four locals every day, and it was just, yo, we would have these crazy parties, bro. Like, we would have DJs there and all type of shit, bro. And I would always be in my room just recording and shit like that. And, um, man, the music was just coming out so dope, man, like, at that time. And, you know, a lot of it was just about, that period of time in my life, like being 19, 20 years old, working a little bullshit job and coming home and, you know, fucking around with girls and getting fly and shit like that. And it, it like really symbolized a point in time in my life, you know what I'm saying, where we was just super carefree. We didn't give a fuck, bro. We just was living our lives and just really having fun, you know what I'm saying? And it's like that weird transition period, like, when you're not a kid and you're not really grown, so you don't really know what's going on for real as far that as bills. Thing. Yeah, it's like you don't really got no real bills for real. You don't really know about credit like that for real. But you old enough to where you don't got to go to school if you don't want to. You can do what you want to do. And it was just it was just a dope time in my life, man. But, you know, uh, I put out tape or whatever. And uh, we just started, man, going crazy. Like, me and my man Potts and, you know, my man Weez and, you know, everybody just from the gang, we just was outside with that tape. You know what mm, I'm saying? Pushing just that shit. Pushing that shit, bro. And, like, that shit took niggas all the way to fucking North Carolina. We was doing shows down there and New York City. We did shows in Cleveland, all type of shit. You know what I mean? And when I started seeing that growth and seeing that progression, it was like, damn, like, Maybe I really can do this shit. Maybe this is, I can make this a reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing it, but maybe this can actually lead to something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that was what kind of showed me that. So when I started seeing that and, you know, doing my first couple shows and then, you know, just, you know, just seeing the progression, man, that was what really showed me that. Mm-hmm. So today, now, what's your biggest show that you ever did, that you ever stood in front of? How many people? Um, Probably Rolling Loud. I don't even know how many people was that rolling loud, that bro. Was that shit was crazy as hell, bro. <laughs> like back in September. Yeah, that was that was that was different. Yeah. What, what was it like being up there? Was mm. I mean, you performed everywhere else. You know what I mean? Little. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's just energy, bro. It's electrifying. 
you know what I'm saying? Faces out there. Yeah, like I, I look at it like this: when I'm when I'm doing shows like that and it's that many people, I don't even be looking at nobody. I was just gonna ask you. You know, you know what I'm saying? Do you find anybody in the crowd? You just look over. Just, nah, I just it's like it's like you look at everybody, but you're not looking at anybody. It's like staring into empty space. You know mm. what I'm saying? And you just doing your shit, man. Like when I when I'm up there, I just be wanting to be entertaining. You know what I'm saying? I just want people to feel that shit. And it's, it's crazy because at Rolling Loud, the song that I did, we did Symmetry, me and Conway. And nobody knew that song. You know what I'm saying? Like, the song wasn't even out yet. And I just remember coming out. I'm doing that shit. I'm jumping around and, you know, singing the lyrics. And people is jumping with me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The whole, like, I'm looking at the crowd. You know what I'm saying? They jumping. I'm like, oh, shit. I got the power there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that that it, it, it took me there because I knew they felt my energy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So outside of this music stuff, what do you do to, to stay human? Um, I mean, I'm a father, man. So okay. you know, my, my daughter keeps me grounded. You know what I'm saying? Because she don't care nothing about the music and, and, you know, the fans that I got and shit like that. She don't care about none of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just her dad. So, you know, she she just... She got a way of just reminding me, like, yo, like, you do that, but this is real life. You know what I'm saying? And between that and, you know, I love reading, man. I love cooking. I love, uh, you know, I got, a, I got a pet. I got a cat. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I got a real life outside of the music. So, you know, that's what kind of keeps me grounded and keeps me, uh, keeps me focused. You know what I'm saying? It just reminds me again, like. It ain't just the music, like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you got Jay Skis, but you got Jared too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be both. You know what I mean? Yeah, gotta be both. You gotta be able to you know, be humble, smile, laugh. There you go. You gotta be able to do it all. Got to. Got yeah. to. The jackets. The jackets. <laughs> now I I know you're a shoe fanatic, right? Yeah, 100. percent So what's some of the exotic shoes you got? I know you got something to stash. <sighs> Man, I got I keep something crazy, man. I keep something crazy. Um, let me see some of the more cool shoes I got. I mean, Aqua Eights. That's my favorite shoe. You know, I got you know I got a pair of those. Um, definitely, I got a pair of uh, the um, what's that? The LeBron, the Zoom Generation Ones. But oh, it's, yeah, it's an OG pair. Drop, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the OG pair. I got the black pair. Um. And that one is special just because it's like, yo, it's LeBron. You know what I'm saying? 03. You know what I mean? Like, I know you got some fancy case for that. Nah, nah. Actually, I don't even have a box for him. It's, oh, just, it's just like, I just got a pair of them bitches. Like, them shit's just chilling. Okay. Um, What else do I got at the crib right now that's crazy? I mean, another one of my favorite sneakers right now that I got is the uh, Ferrari 14. I love, I just love that shoe. You know what I'm saying? And the Ben 5s. That's another one that I got. The Ben 5s with like that good Italian leather, white okay. laces. That's like, man, fire shoe. But I done had so many joints over the years. It, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even look at it like that. I just get what I like now, for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you collect them or do you, do you wear them all? Nah, I wear everything I get. Okay. I used to I used to be like that. Like, I used to want to collect and, you know what I'm saying, let, let joints just sit. But um, I got to a point where it was just like, yo, I want to wear these bitches. So I was gonna look fly. There you go. Like this I used to, I used fly. to come like, you know, what I'm saying plastic bags in the front of my shit so they wouldn't crease and all that. I just, I got to a point where I was like, man, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Since you're a shoe fan, I got, I got a pair of Red Octobers. What your, what you take on those? Red October Yeezy. Yeah. I mean, it's. Is it's it, are, do you think the value is gonna drop on those? Nah, I think the value will probably stay right where it's at. Yeah. To be honest, it's it's a great shoe. Um, I don't know if I would wear it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just such a it's it's such a statement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you put them on, you gotta be somewhere. You gotta be somewhere dope. Like special, you gotta special. be in fucking Dubai or some shit putting them bitches <laughs> on, bro. You can't wear them in Buffalo just on some. You know what I'm saying? Somebody around in the mud, real yeah, quick. Yeah, hell no. Nah, them Red Octobers, but shit, nah. I think that's that's a that's an amazing shoe, man, for sure. Red October Easy Two, you taking them there with them shits for that's real. Fact. Um, I like I like pretty much all of the the Yeezy, the Nike Yeezys. You know what I'm saying? The ones and the twos. They was a different type of shoe, you know. Yeah, it was it was for a different time. You yeah. know what I mean? I was just talking with my man about the uh, the Yeezy One, 
and mm. how like now it would be kind of hard to even wear that shoe just because of how big and like bulky it is and it's not really so much the style right now so it doesn't really go with what bro that reminded you know me that when I seen those first drop though I was like man those things is bolts yeah nah for real <laughs> for real they, they high as hell McDonald's they big feet. as hell you know what I'm saying but <laughs> for the time like them bitches was man that was a good shoe yeah that was a good shoe for sure only and for then, a little time though you said what? I said only for a little bit, then he jumped ship. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. So what's your understanding of business? What's my understanding of business? Yeah. Like, what you mean? I know you have to, you know what I mean, accountants, you know what I mean? You got to you gotta have all the proper protocols you know, to be successful. So yeah. what, what's your understanding? When, when did you really start grasping the concept of the business? I mean, I'm still, I'm still learning, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm still so new in it, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm really just getting my legs for real, you know, really immersed in, in, you know, being an artist and being a business, you know what I'm saying? Myself, um, like I have like an LLC and everything, but you know, like you said, you got to have an accountant, you got to have, you know what I'm saying? All those people in place to kind of help you run that business. And up until this point, I've been really doing everything myself, um, without, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a vast knowledge of everything, just kind of doing it as I go and learning as I go, you know what I'm saying? But, um, as far as like, you know, just running, running the business that I do have now, I think I do a solid job of it. You know what I mean? In terms of, um, you know, managing like my merch and my inventory and everything. Like I ship all my own merch and uh, things like that. And like, you know, up until, you know, up until maybe a few months ago, like I was doing all my own booking and stuff like that as far as travel and all that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was very hands-on with everything. I will say that. And, you know, as we go along, you know, things will change and I will, you know Spread what I'm saying? Spread yourself out thinner. Yeah. You got to... Right, exactly. get get the right people in place. You know what I'm saying, and that'll happen. But you know, I'm I'm still learning as I go, though, for sure. That's a, that's a, that's good because a lot of people don't understand their own business. You know, so for you to go through and and learn it, yeah. And then eventually, once you get get there to where you're just listen, I have to hire, I have to hire you. Yeah, you know, exactly. you know the ins and outs. It's it's no different because I used to run a sneaker store. I used to be like the the store manager of, of the course. sneaker store. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, you know, I learned a lot working that business like it wasn't my business personally but the way that it was set up it was like yo like you gotta run you know 80% of like the store operations so I was doing all the hiring I was doing all the firing I was doing all of the inventory I was you know dealing with customers and customer service I was doing pretty much everything there. I was doing everything you know what I'm saying so you know that helped me learn a lot just you know being in that environment and you know learning from experience. So a lot of what I do know as far as running my own business came from that. Mm. So, and then now it's just applying what I didn't know to, you know, to my situation now and just, you know, going through the trial and error of learning. Nice. So what would you say your impact upon Buffalo has been? Um, music wise, music. Let's, let's go music wise first. Music wise. I would say, I mean, I made it cool to be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I and I know there's other people um, in the town. There's people that I can name off top that you know uh, kind of stand for that and represent that. But I feel like I'm like one of the people that when people think of Jay Skis, they know that Jay Skis ain't trying to be nobody. He isn't. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Jay, he like that's what everybody says. Like, shit, he's himself. You know what I'm saying? And I made it cool to do that. You know what I mean? I, I don't have to try and be somebody else or tell somebody else's story or make anything up. You know what I'm saying? I, I give my real life on, on these records and, you know, I'm successful at it mm -hmm. or successful doing that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I feel like I bring to the table um, to like the music scene in Buffalo. Um, and I feel like I just, I represent hard work, man. Like, you know, people in the town have seen me do, you know, shows at Broadway Joe's and, you know, put together my own shows and have five people show up, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, doing ciphers at, at the sneaker store and, you know, having hundreds of people show up there and, you know, letting everybody get on the mic and do their thing. So people saw me go through every step with this shit, you know what I'm saying? And they know 
like skis worked hard as hell for this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you if you didn't learn from that and know that that's what you got to do to get to where you know where you want to be, I mean, I don't know. It's like it would be like you just not paying attention because the proof is right there. Absolutely. Like you said, work hard in less than you know. I mean, three sentences twice. Yeah. Um, now there was a time of your life where it was clouded, correct? And then you substitute with alcohol and all that. And yeah. Now you got sobriety, and and how do you? How did you approach that situation to understand that you had to decloud your brain? Um, I mean, you know what? It's funny because for a long time I thought I needed like alcohol to like be creative. You know what I'm saying? Like anytime I would sit there and be in front of the mic and I would play a beat, I'd be like, man, I got to drink so I can get in my zone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so I could do my thing. And it's, it's not like that at all. You know what I'm saying? Like when you... When you are creative, you can tap into that anytime. You know what At I'm saying? On a higher level. Yeah, on a higher level. You know what I'm saying? For for a fact. And I felt like I leveled up once I got sober. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I got that much better because I was thinking clearly. You know what I'm saying? And um what ended up happening was I um I came home one day, bro. It wasn't even on some music shit. I was just Coming home from being out drinking and shit, I fell asleep and I woke up the next day and I felt worse than I've ever felt in my life drinking, bro. I was like, yo, this shit ain't it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I sat there, I was in bed, man, and I had some Gatorades and shit, had some, uh, some like Advil and I was like laying there and I, yo, I felt like I was about to die, bro. And I'm like, yo, I listed all of the, like pros and cons of this drinking shit, cause I'm just like, yo, this this ain't it. Mm. I just listed all the pros and cons, and I didn't have no pros on that list. So it was was it a challenge for you to say no or? Nah, it was it was like literally one day I woke up and I said I ain't drinking no more. And that was what it was. I had like little urges and shit like that. I did go through a period where I where I was uh I couldn't sleep, um, cause I had been drinking for so long, um. And that was, like, really it, though. Like, the urges weren't, like, that bad where it's like, okay. It was just more so my body saying, okay, yo, it's Friday. Normally, Friday, Saturday, you you drink something. That's some discipline right there because, like I said, a lot of people in this industry, yeah, that goes hand in hand. Like, yeah, you, know so I mean? it, you always around it. You, you're literally always around it. But the funny thing is, and I tell myself this all the time, right? So I stopped drinking in December of 2019. I got into the studio for the first time with Conway in October of 2020, right? So what I told myself is this, because I know me. Had I been, had I not stopped drinking in December of, of the previous year, when I was in the studio with Khan in 2020, knowing who I am is no way I wouldn't have been in that studio session drinking, right? Now, in that studio, in that same session I made from my album, I made Burner Phone, and I made Symmetry. And those are two of the, like, biggest biggest songs on the album. But I know me. I wouldn't have made those songs because I would have been sitting there drinking because I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, I like, it was a blessing that I stopped drinking because it set me up, you know what I'm saying, eight, nine, ten months later to be successful. You feel what I'm saying? So, it was the right decision to make at that time. Nice. You know, I, I had the pleasure of seeing you format a, a, a song and everything, and it's different, you know, because I know you got offered a drink, and yeah. a lot of people can't deal with that peer pressure. Mm-hmm. That peer pressure breaks pipes. and Yeah, man. I was sitting there. I was sitting with Swiss Beats one time, and he offered me some champagne. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, shit, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm chilling. But you know? it, it, people look at you different in a more respectful manner, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for not sure. saying that people that drink are... Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's but just a, it's you're, just you're a little different. different. Like, oh different. shit, you you really don't want that? Okay, cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But the way you format those words, I understand why now. You yeah, one hundred percent. Definitely can't have that clouded brain. Nah, for real, for real. So when did you get approached by Drumworks? Um, it was in June of 2020. Mm. Yeah, June of 2020. Um, kind hit me up. Um, I had just um. You know, I left my job at the time. I was there for almost 10 years. And, um, you know, it kind of put me in a position where I needed to just make a decision on, 
if I wanted to be, you know, continue my employment with them or or not. And it was just like with the position that they put me in, I wasn't really with it. But my thing was I always just wanted stability. You know what I'm saying? Like because growing up, I didn't have it. So, you know, I was I was always just a hard worker because of that. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to go without and I didn't want to be in a situation where I couldn't support myself. But, um, you know, I ended up making the decision to leave that company um, in the middle of the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? With my daughter, not knowing, you know, what I was going to do next. And Conway hit me up. He reached out two days after I quit. And was, you know, he told me that he had some interest in signing me. He told me he was fucking with me like he had always been fucking with me. Um, and I opened up for him a few times in the past and shit like that, like different shows he had here in the town. And uh, he was familiar with what I brought to the table. And at that time, he was like in position, you know what I'm saying? Like getting ready to start drum work. And I was like, shit, I'm with it. Like, you know, I always fucked with Conway. He's like, you know, I was a, I was a fan first of Conway before anything else. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, shit, I'm fucking with you. I mean, them boys have really opened the doors in, in ways that, you know what I mean, Buffalo probably never would have seen. 100%. 100%. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm like, shit, whatever you, whatever you got in mind, bro, like, let me know. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, I was working on some music and uh, working on a few other things. Um, we were doing a podcast at the time, me and, my, me and a couple of my homies, and I was doing art at the time as well. Like, I was heavy into it because I paint too. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. I was more into it then, though, because... It's a little hard to do it now just because I got so much th- so much stuff going on with music. Um, but I got to make more time for it. You know what I mean? But it'll it'll come. You know what I'm saying? Um, Would you say that's one of your decompression spots is, is art? Um, no, nah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I just like being creative. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, that's that's music, art. Yeah. Your brain is very, very different. Yeah. One hundred percent, man. But I didn't grow up like painting and shit like that. Like I, I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? But. I always was looking at like drawings and, and paintings and shit like I can't do that. So I can't do art. But then I had to like figure it out. Like just because what I, what I make doesn't look like what I see doesn't mean that what I make doesn't have value. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had to figure that out. <laughs> Can you repeat that one more time for them? So. Just because what I what I was making doesn't look like what I was seeing doesn't mean that what I make doesn't have value. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I take the same approach with my music though, because like I, I felt like when I figured that out about what I was painting, it helped me put that same perspective on my music because I know what I what I do is way different than you know Griselda and Conway, but it's still it's still something that has a lot of value because it has a message. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because it's not, just because I don't drink and I don't talk about shooting guns and I don't talk about selling bricks don't mean that what I have to say doesn't have any value. You get what I'm saying? It's you, got a, you, got a, you got a different approach. There you go. You got a different approach and, and that, that's unique. Exactly. Because, I mean, nothing against anybody's lyrics and the way they go about it, but I personally feel it needs that unique blend. You know, the hostileness along with the with the, the calmness of, of realness, you know. There you go. And and it's people don't get that everywhere. So it's always yeah. shoot them up, shoot them up, bang, bang, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and that's what these kids are seeing nowadays and these kids are getting lost in the game. You know yeah, what I mean? For real. I mean and you, you see it so much, man. Like, you know, imagine if, you know, it was just more of a positive influence through the music, and that's what was pushed in the mainstream. Imagine what the world would even look like. I just like. got goosebumps you saying that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Facts, bro. I just got goosebumps saying that. Facts, or just think about it like this. Like, imagine if, you know how you watch TV, right? And I, it really took me sitting down and watching TV one day. I said, yo, imagine if, because on TV, right, they're always either, what, like, they're showing you a show or a movie, and then when they're not doing that, there's commercials. They're always selling you something. They're always selling you something. Always selling you something. Imagine if 10% of that time where they're trying to sell you something, there was just positive affirmations on the TV. Be, 10% of that time. This world would be a lot different. Just imagine Just because people are like this anyways. Just imagine what, what that would do for people's psyche. Imagine that, bro. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, man, I just, I feel like 
I gotta, it's my job, it's my duty to put out a positive message. You get what I'm saying? Or put out a message that influences people or that inspires people to do whatever it is that they want to do through my message. Yep. You get what I'm saying? Because shit, my message ain't always 100% positive. I'll talk my shit too. But, you know, it's something that's different mm-hmm. outside of what you always hear and what you always see. And I do represent positivity, ultimately. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Wow. Your brain setting, you could, you could display, display that and you can see that in your humbleness. Yeah. You know, you're not a cocky person. Yeah, I'm, I'm chilling, bro. But that's that's just life, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, life life and God had a, have ways of humbling you. And, you know what I'm saying? I feel like everything that I had to go through to this point to get to this point is what kept me at the level that I'm at now where it's like, yo, like I don't have to be a certain way because I, I've been through so much. I've seen so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, all I'm here to do is just what I'm here to do. You know what I mean? I'm not here to stun on nobody or make nobody feel like, feel small or nothing like that. I want to make people feel big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the position that you are in right now, when you go back and look and you say, okay, 10, year, 10 years old, I was doing music. Would you, would you, what's your reflection upon what you've seen then to what, what you're actually living now? You said, what would I... What's your reflection upon from what you want to see, what you've seen when you're younger, mm. to what you're actually living right now? Is, is it similar or, or? Um, nah, it's totally different. It's totally different. But, you know, when you, I think any, with anything that you do, you know what I'm saying? Or anything that you aspire to do, like once you get to that point, it never looks like what you thought it would look like. Like when I was a kid, I used to always think like, all right, cool. When I signed my first record deal, I'm going to be a millionaire and I can move my mom out the hood and I'm straight. But me signing my first record deal meant I just had more work to do. You get what I'm saying? I'm still not there yet. Um, And I didn't know what it took for me to be able to move my mom out the hood. But now I do. You get what I'm saying? So I know it's way more work to do before I can even get to that point. So, like, yeah, like, you know, when you're a kid and you you watching what's going on on TV, like, shit, when I was a kid, I'm watching BET videos and I'm looking at, you know, the Hot Boys you know what I'm saying? Throwing money out of cars and you know what I'm saying? Like, like crazy life. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm watching that and I'm looking at it like shit. That's what I want to be right there. Excuse me. You know what I mean? But um it's not it's not reality. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's a big difference um between what I what I saw for myself back then and what I thought it would look like once I got to the point that I'm at now. But um I will say that I'm I'm still very proud of myself. Um you don't get into this point just knowing that there's still more work to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you're accessing the done, obviously, but how would you measure what you have now? Um, That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think I look at it like I remember the times where, you know, again, I was doing shows for five people and, you know, I couldn't get, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't get 10 people to come to my shows. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, now, I, I, shit, I've been over to Europe, and I've been, you know, Canada. I've been all over the U.S., and, you know, people there, they know my name. They know my lyrics. They sing my lyrics word for word. They, You know what I'm saying? I get DMs all the time. You know what I'm saying? South Africa, Zimbabwe, Philippines, all over, bro. And people are telling me, like, yo, you, you get me through my day. Like, yo, you stopped my cousin from killing himself. Yo, you did this. You did that. So, you know, I think the success isn't like always monetary that'll come, you know what I'm saying? But the impact that I want to have on people through my, through my art, through my music, that's like how I kind of measure my success because I see the growth. Mm. You know what I'm saying? From the five to the, yeah, big from fans the five to the, to, you know what I'm saying? Like to really having real fans now, mm. you know what I'm saying? It's the difference between having uh fans like in your, in your city that support you, that support you because they know you. To having fans that support you because they really support what you're doing. Because they they hear something. There. They hear something. They hear they they love what they hear. I mean, let's let's talk about that. What's what's the difference between knowing? Oh yeah, he's from my town. Da, 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 to to doing that, like what what's? They're all they're all fans at the end of the day. Yeah. But what's the difference like between that? Like, do you get more love outside than you do inside? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, 1,000%. You know what I mean? Like, I see it. Like, I was telling you earlier, I ship all my merch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I'm shipping my merch, best believe I see where I'm shipping it to. 
I'm shipping my merch to Japan and to Germany, to California, Florida, uh, New York City, Los Angeles, <laughs> uh, Spain, everywhere. I'm not. I'm never shipping anything to Buffalo, ever. Mm. So. And that's not saying anything bad about Buffalo because I do have fans here too. I have people here that really respect what I do and they they rock with me. But um, I think with being from Buffalo, I think it's tough because a people knew who knew who I was for a long time, like working at the sneaker store. So I was accessible to a lot of people for a long time, more accessible than I needed to be. You get what I'm saying? That's why people a lot not like in the town a lot of the time don't see me because I felt like I was too accessible for too long so I wasn't you know what I'm saying putting myself in a position where people could be a fan of me if you were from here you feel what I'm saying yeah um but I I mean I don't know I think you know I definitely I know not that I think I know I have more support outside of Buffalo but I, I'm hoping one day I can get to a point where you know the support is greater here from the town. And I know I will. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of um, just being more and more visible and, you know, just doing everything that I can, man, because, you know, the town the town is going to get behind you once they see you in other places really doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I totally the town, the town is tough, man. The town is tough. No, I totally agree with you. You know, it's, 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 it's something that's different because – if you're in the town, just in the town, you're not going to make it. Once you start going places, they start seeing that, your name, you start splashing in the water, to those yeah. those tsunami waves start coming, then then people start coming, you know? It's 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 like that in pretty much any industry. Yeah, it's like that in, in anything that you do, man. And the, and the crazy thing is, it's really just getting over the hump of um, being in your town. Because no matter what you do, once you go other places, you're going to get more love there because you're not from there, mm-hmm. right? So I could be a chef, and I could be making food. I got food from Buffalo. Imagine if, you know, I made the best steak hoagies in the town, right, with the sauce, cheese, mushrooms, chopped up, all that. If I go to Philly or if I go to, well, maybe not Philly because Philly is a bad example. But <laughs> if I go to, you know, Atlanta or if I go to L.A., if I go to Cleveland and I tell people, yeah, I'm from Buffalo and I got I got these steak hoagies, they're going to fuck with you just because, oh, shit, you from Buffalo? It ain't even about the steak hoagies. Oh, shit, you from Buffalo? This how y'all do yep. it? Okay, shit, I'm coming to fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's it's like that. What would you say your biggest fear has been in your life? Biggest fear in my life? Overall? Yeah, overall. Not being there for my daughter. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, my daughter, she ain't asked to be here. That's what I always think about. So it's like, you know, I, I always feel like it's my it's my job to, like, Make sure that, you know, I'm always there for her as much as she needs me. You know what I'm saying? And just raise her correctly to where, you know, when she's old enough, she can take care of herself. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But, like, that's, like, my biggest fear, like, not being able to be here be here for her. Mm. For sure. She, but, means, she means the world to you, huh? Yeah, that's my whole world. Mm. For real. Now, you and the mother together or? Oh, uh, we, you know, we We cool. Cordial, you guys yeah, we cool. We cool. Good parenting. Yeah, that's my homie. I don't mean that's your best friend, you know. Yeah, that's my homie. That's you, family. You guys share something special. That's family. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent. What uh, if there's one positive thing, one positive affirmation that you could leave, the biggest impression upon our viewers, what would it be? Hmm. Um. Man. Just the thing I want to say is, man, just believe in yourself because nobody else is going to believe in yourself more than you believe in you. You know what I'm saying? And it starts with you. Like, whatever it is, like, whatever you want to do, like, I don't, it don't matter if you want to do music, if you want to go to school, if you want to, like, you know, go to school, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, like, you want to be a crossing guard. It don't matter what you want to do. You have to believe in you first. You have to know that you can do it. And once you know that you can do something, you can go and do it. Like, when I see stuff in my head, like, you know, I, I was saying before, I wasn't a painter. That was something that I saw in my head, you know what I'm saying, after being a fan of, you know, art and seeing different art, seeing different paintings and stuff like that. Like, yo, I could, I could actually do this. 
And then I sat down one day and I got a canvas and I got some paintbrushes and some paint. And then I started doing my shit. And I'm like, shit, this shit is kind of dope. Hold up. Like, let me do my next one. Hold up. Boom, 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 boom. I'm doing this shit. Oh, shit. Then I'm taking these paintings and then I set up a U-Haul. <laughs> and I set up a U-Haul to look like an art gallery. Mm. And then I parked that shit at a park. And then I played some music and then people came and like bought my paintings. You know what I'm saying? And then I took that, went to UB. And then now I'm working on a mural on the side of a school mm. with UB. Right now? Nah, I already did this. Oh, okay, okay. So what I'm saying is... Which, pardon me, which mural was it? It's a mural. It's at uh, Performing Arts. It's on the side of Performing Arts. Okay. Um... But now, nah, like, you know, I'm saying this because it started here. Like, I wasn't always a painter. I used to get Fs in arts in art class when I was in school. You know what I'm saying? So it started here though. In your brain. And I started with it started with me believing in myself. You know what I'm saying? You heard that, people. Like I said, you gotta believe in yourself to make something happen. Once you once you get the outlines, you heard the man himself. Yeah, it's up. It's up from there. Um, we're coming to about that time the the show. Um what what's something big that the people got to look forward towards in the future? Oh uh, man, just more music, man, more videos and just man, the level up is gonna be crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna just continue to just push forward, man, and you know, put my message out there and just continue to do my thing, man. You know what I'm saying? And just continue to stand out and be different and just put on for my people. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I'm gonna just do everything to the max. You know what I'm saying? 2023, we going up, man. The and Certainties just came out. So, you know, I'm pushing that project heavy. I got another album that I'm trying to drop this year. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to keep my foot on the gas. Mm. No no red lights or yellow lights. Straight nah, gas. Nah, green. straight gas. Okay, people. Uh, where can people uh, find your merch at? Uh, so the merch, um, right now, I haven't really been doing too much merch. I'm going to have some merch with me on tour. Um, on the Won't He Do It Tour, Conway the Machine, Sauce Walker, J Skis. We're hitting 18 cities. Um, I'm gonna have some merch on that, on that tour, but, um, outside of that, I, I kind of took a step back from the merch okay. just cause I wanted to, you know, just get some ideas together, man, and formulate things, make sure things look the way that I want them to look, you know what I'm saying? Cause I was doing a lot of merch. Um, but you know, you can always stay updated, man, on my socials at J skis, J A E S K E E S C. So once I do start putting out more merch, you know, you stay on top of it. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, like I said, we really appreciate you taking your time, you know, Diving into your your life story a little bit. For sure. Much love, you know. Appreciate you, man. This is a great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. No love, bro. Absolutely. Everybody's going to Wilson Farms because we got what you want. And we got it right now. Bitch, let me tell you about this broke-ass nigga the other day. So, he gonna call me talking about some damn... Tell you about the east side Pavement is frigid, this ain't Antigua Keep your long johns and your Timberland Get your fleece right Niggas rapping street sign Plus it ain't no respect for a peace sign Niggas swiping pockets like credit card You get declined You don't know I take you for a rewind On this side of Maine we all black Is it by design You know how it feel You see Bonneville and it creep by We don't wanna hear no excuses Get on your G-Rhyme How many mics do we rip on That I haven't heard of you Niggas take shit personal That's when they take shit vertical It's certain places that you shouldn't walk Or take excursion through Your mama don't pay rent on this block They just might murder you Headshot, hit his head top Turned it convertible That is irreversible We been G since the cervical You might think that your niggas is deep My crew submersible Like submarines and they ain't merciful On instrumentals I get surgical That's how I found my way out I seen niggas hungry for payouts Watch how it played out they found themselves played out Thought they had a shortcut or escape route Put in the car, all for a bag Like it was takeout Ain't know they lose, they smell food They had their place out Roll through, future mask off They had their face out Run the jewels, LP and Mike They cleared the place out DA played the DJ Turn the tables and cut the bass out Took some years away Type shit make your spirit break Next thing that you know you back up on the streets And near the play Staying home's a balance
balancing act. You got a pair away, you go back, you boost it with stripes like a Perrier's hair store, gas station, boarded bandle, hair store, liquor store, potholes, it's wacker than our airport. You call yourself fly, you need a one after your air force. Gotta put your own work in. Round here we hands on. My name is my name and it's solid that I can stand on. Conehead, all on my hoodie, I kept my champ on. I had to roll the dice like Monopoly, I advanced on. Take the time wherever I travel, it left the same you on my east side. Pavement is frigid, this ain't Antigua. Keep your long johns and your Timberland, get your fleece right. Niggas rapping street sign, plus it ain't no respect for a peace sign. Niggas swiping pockets like credit card, you get declined. You don't know I take you for a rewind. On this side of Maine, we all black, is it by design? You know how it feel, you see Bonneville and it creep by. We don't want to hear no excuses, get on your T-Rod. How many Many, 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 many